0: network. Hi, this is Devin track with the Buddhist Network. Today we bring you another issue of Hero Man and Sidekick Boy. We hope you enjoy the show. to issue 22 of Hero Man and Sidekick Boy. My name is Ian Clark and I am joined as always by the Mayday man himself, Mr. Andrew Howard. Andy, how are you? Uh, spring has sprung, my friends. Spring has sprung. It has. It's a beautiful day here in New Hampshire. I'm actually recording on the porch. I'm normally sequestered in my uh, hobby room in the basement, but it's so beautiful. I am out on the porch, which means you may get some extraneous sounds, listeners. Uh, hopefully pleasant ones like birds and maybe wind chimes and not uh, the dogs barking at a leaf going by or something like that. But uh,
1: but yeah, it's a beautiful day here. So Yeah, no, it's, it's nice. Uh, it's a, a nice spring day, finally. We've had a... Uh... We've had a lot of weather um, the last last couple months, so it's it's nice. Yep, finally, finally does
0: feel like spring. We got baseball going on and all that stuff. So, yeah, we've been super busy. Uh, Andy on the road a bunch for work, and then it seemed like every every time that Andy had a free night, I had something going on, whether it was a stand up gig or a family engagement or something. So, we do apologize for the gap in shows, but uh, but we're back.
1: So all good things you know we we learned uh, well i don't know if you realize that there's going to be delay in some of the the conan stories um because the writer had to finish up another project so it happens some of some of the great artists you know get to you know get busy with with projects so yep and
0: yep those great artists and also us so (laughs) Uh, Speaking of Conan, I wanted to talk a little bit before we start uh, with the regular segments about the Little Giant comic book show, which is the second year that they've had it here uh, near us in Concord, New Hampshire, and I had such a great time last year, I was really excited to go this year, and this year was even better for me, I just just had such an amazing time, and I'm at the point now where I, I don't collect a ton of physical comics anymore, but I've turned my focus to trying to collect the entire run of Marvel's uh Conan the Barbarian and went in with my my you know my list of of issues that I needed and I ended up I I spent way more than I intended but I got I'm trying to think of how many I got like 40 issues maybe of um issues that I did not have issues that were on my my needs list and was able to really pare it down at this point I'm really excited because Most of the books I need now at this point, I have a few here and there, like in the, in the 100s, like from 100 to 200, I need maybe four books. And then from like 200, I think it was 275. So, and then like between like issues 200 and it went to like 275, I need my maybe 10 or 15. But most of the issues I needed were between like the more expensive ones between like one and 50, but I was able to make a really good dent in that. And I just came out of it having had so much fun looking through and, and haggling and, and making some deals and coming away with some books that I needed. So it was just super fun, and uh, I, I really enjoyed it. And I hope if there are local comic book sh- uh, shows wherever you guys are that are listening, I hope you go out and uh, and support them because it really is such a fun, old-school kind of feeling and, and a fun thing to do so I, I really enjoyed it and they had some great guests too they had uh Jim Starenko was the big uh, big guest there there was a huge line for people to get his autograph so that was really cool to see and from all all that I could tell it was a huge success and they've already scheduled next year so I'm just really excited about oh, it oh wow so. that's
1: yeah that's pretty cool
0: yeah so i was i was happy i i really enjoyed it and like i said i i hope if there are shows near you guys go out check them out support them buy some fun stuff bring your bring your list of of books you need and dig through those back issues because it's it's just a lot of fun and it's it has a real kind of retro old school you know brings me back to to being a young kid type of thing you know that feeling to it so i really liked it so all right did you have anything to discuss before we start andy
1: yeah I, don't, yeah, I don't think I had anything. Uh, I, w- I was hoping to remember, but now I can't. So <laughs> it'll, uh, that's that's the problem with these uh, the gaps between uh, recordings, is I can't always remember what I have said and what I haven't said. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Did you see Avengers Endgame yet? I, I actually did. So oh, good. Oh. Uh, I was in West Virginia uh, for work uh, last week, um, and I almost never kind of go out and do stuff like that when I'm traveling for work. Uh, but I was like, you know what, it's, I'm not going to get an opportunity if I don't go now. Um, so I, um, uh, decent theater, um, in Bridgeport, West Virginia, shout out to Bridgeport, West Virginia. Um, and that, that it, may
0: be the first time that's ever happened.
1: Uh, it may have been, although, <laughs> i t- um, maybe offline, I'll tell you another interesting story about what's in Bridgeport. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, okay. no. It, no, it's nothing bad. I'll just do it real quick. So Bridgeport, uh, West Virginia, is actually where uh, the FBI has located a lot of its like forensic analysis. So a few years ago, when you had the Boston Marathon bombing, all of the evidence went down there. And that, that whole town was abuzz for a couple of days when they were trying to basically... Kind of do the forensics of the explosive to try to to try to figure out what what had happened, and that was one of their first like really big cases since they had relocated to to that area. But um, it's it's a really interesting part of West Virginia. You're you're basically coming down out of Pittsburgh. Uh, you're not too far from the University of West Virginia. So I know you know a lot of people hear banjos when they start talking <laughs> about West Virginia, but this was you know this was a what I felt was a, like a very nice kind of community out there. So, uh, community and change. You know, kind of moving away from some of the coal mining, trying to look for some of those other opportunities. So, like I said, had a good movie theater. I did set myself up for failure at the movies by going to a restaurant ahead of time. that was more of a bar, but it had one of those jukeboxes that you can control from your phone. So I took control of that thing and was just playing the music that I wanted to hear. <laughs> this is another it's- great. This is another great little aside. This guy came in, so they're doing a lot of part of what they're doing in West Virginia. They're laying a lot of the pipelines for the the fracking that is coming from West Virginia and Pennsylvania. So this is dude who's obviously been out working all day, manual labor. Uh, he's he's got a shot at Jagermeister and a Budweiser, and he's got Aussie tattooed across his knuckles. So I immediately <laughs> went into like deep Aussie mode and found like three really classic songs to mix in with what I was playing and I would just look over not making eye contact because you don't make eye contact with that kind of guy um, <laughs> but just to watch him start like tapping his finger on the side of the bottle when those Aussie songs came on so yeah but the unfortunate thing was is I kept putting more songs on so I kept drinking more beers and then I had to get up during the movie twice to pee oh, so yeah, yeah. And that was a
0: long movie it's a long movie yeah, yeah. wow uh, a lot of adventures in uh, West <laughs> in Virginia. West Virginia <laughs> yeah no yeah. oh, it's cool i've only passed through i've not spent much time there my mom actually just recently got remarried and her new husband is from West Virginia and grew up with that uh you know the coal mining uh background and everything so it is it is a nice part of the country too what did you think yeah, of it N- yeah yeah
1: um i liked it a lot um except for the very ending ending um i just didn't there was It didn't make it didn't make as much sense to me. You talking Uh,
0: about I I, I guess we should I know by the time this comes out, spoilers, referendum should be over. But are you you talking about Cap's decision and, and what he did or?
1: Yeah. And just like, yeah, yeah. Basically, I don't. I get the whole time travel stuff they explained it in an awesome way to why couldn't you just go back and kill baby thanos like um all those little things and then what he does goes against everything they said because if you've watched if you watched any of the peggy carter um tv show um like she was married and had kids like they even talk about that in the Avengers movies right, like in right. the captain america movies so what happened there? Like, just like,
0: yeah, there. There's a lot of stuff that's. I I don't know. I think they, I think they left a ton of unanswered questions in the way that they chose to do it. A lot of things to reset. And again, spoilers. Um, hopefully, everyone's seen it, but uh, I'll try not to spoil too much. But in order to to bring everyone back that was lost in the snap, a lot of a lot of. You know, movies or whatever would just go back in time, but you had obviously the key piece of, of Tony Stark and what had happened with him in the meantime in the five years since the snap. So so just by bringing them back, you, you, you kind of create all these strange things. Like, I don't know what's going to happen in Spider-Man. He's been gone for five years. Is he back in school with you know a com- with completely new people that he didn't know i i mean what what happens there were people like a lot of people that died in the snap probably didn't get snapped away but were like riding on a plane where the pilot got you know did they fall from the sky when they return like how where do these people come back and oh, i don't think a, we're
1: gonna get into the airplane people i know uh... but it's just
0: <laughs> it's just it's it, it created a lot of weird questions and conundrums so i just i just do wonder if they're going to address it at all or or if it's just like no that's what happened
1: yeah i have a feeling no that's just what happened with those i think with um like spider-man i think the previews for the new um uh, spider-man homecoming make it look like you know he was reunited or maybe that was even in um the um the end game um that you see, heroes, yeah, you see yeah. him see
0: his friend but again we yes. don't know if he yeah, was yeah. snapped away because if not he's he's been in high school for another five years or whatever so it's yeah there's a lot of weird things i assume spider-man will address some of it that's far from home comes out pretty soon so yeah um
1: but uh all right all right well we should probably move into the uh, regular segments now well wait before we do that and far from home introduces the idea of alternate realities Yes, the multiverse. Yeah, the multiverse. Like, well, because we'll he'll he'll appear later in this episode, <laughs> but um, I'm like, wait, why is why is he working with Mysterio? Like, I'm really like, maybe they're doing that all as a tease, but I don't know.
0: You um, know? We'll we'll get into that later, but um, because yeah. we are going to talk about Mysterio later, but the multiverse thing, I wonder if that also opens up, you know. Tying in which which it should tying in uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse because uh, obviously Miles Morales is in there and we've had Miles Morales mentioned in the MCU because in the first Spider-Man movie Homecoming we see um, uh, it's Donald Glover that plays essentially the the character that will become the Prowler and he mentions his his uh, nephew in that movie and that's of course Miles so. So we do have the potential for for crossovers and things like that, live action, which would be
1: the, the only the only issue there though is that uh, Spider-Man into the multiverse is owned by Sony. That's a Sony. That's a Sony movie. Yeah,
0: but they work together with the first one, so I mean, it's, I I just think it's possible. I think it'll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First, so Hopefully, but. Uh... Alright, well we'll we'll figure out what happens but Spider-Man's the next one coming up and that one looks really good and we'll, we'll have a little more to say about that later in the show. But yeah. uh, let's move
1: on. Currently, humanity looks to the internet for its information. We have stood at the edge of despair and would have fallen. If not for awesome podcasts and their content of everything we love now these podcasts are all brought together in one place forged in like-mindedness tempered with a community-oriented forum covering all things geek such as wargaming board gaming comics movies and more presenting a lineup of podcasts producing exclusive content for the fans the freebooters network trolls want to steal our community let us
0: all right, we got it, 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 got the poll list, which is where we discuss what we've been reading, and I've got a bunch of new books and a few other things going on so so we'll talk a little bit about that um and maybe we'll bounce back and forth a little, Andy, with any of the common stuff that we're both reading and and I think things that we're both reading are all the new are you reading all the new Conan books, all three Yes. Okay, so why don't we start there? Uh, so so first off is is the regular Conan the Barbarian. I think it's up to issue five or six now. I've read I think the first four and uh, I'm I'm really enjoying it. It's not it's not a complete home run for me. Uh, but I'm, I am enjoying it. Like I like the storytelling and I like the artwork and things like that. I'm not quite sure it's captured what I want as far as the feel of Conan, but I am enjoying it. What are you thinking of the main Conan book so
1: far? So the main Conan one would be, um, what's the title of that one then? Just Conan the Barbarian, Conan the Barbarian. So that's the one where he's up against the the witch, right? Or is yes. that okay? Yeah. That's the one that, like, the Blood Witch. Yep. Okay. So, are you all the way caught up with that? No, right I now? think
0: I, I think I haven't read the last, definitely the last one, maybe two, because it's I, I'm not sure what issue it's on, but I've read the first four. Okay,
1: so because four, yeah, four is the one that kind of jumps out of the the storyline for a minute, yes. right? Yeah, so I love that part of it. Um, I love that we can get these kind of short stories in the in the middle, um, in the middle of it. So I'm I'm liking kind of it. It jumps around because I think that works well for kind of the the Conan sword and sorcery type of stuff. Um, right, because Robert
0: E. Howard's stories themselves would bounce all over Conan's life. You'd have ones where, like, the very first story he ever did, which I, I'm pretty sure was The Egg and the Phoenix, uh, he was already a king at that point, and then it would go back to his early days. So so bouncing around is very much in you know, the Conan mythos. So, I, yeah, I do like that, too. Yeah. So um, now
1: I have a question. Are you reading any of the short stories at the end?
0: i've not had a chance to i think it's i think what i'll do is hopefully at some point go back and and read through them kind of all in one whack
1: yeah yeah i haven't done it yet either for some reason i'm just like I, i'm I, I get to the end of these and i'm like um i think i'm just gonna you know wait till later <laughs> to read that and then yeah. i keep saying <laughs> me I'm gonna too i'm like where, where'd
0: the pictures go Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yes that is a very uh very key part to it yeah where did the pictures go i'm enjoying so i know they changed artists for four, um, and which was fine too, because you were jumping out of the, the continuity of that particular story. So I thought that that was fine. Um, but it was, um, I'm liking the art with it. I'm liking, I'm liking what they're doing so far. So I'm, I'm hoping that kind of it continues, um, strong. I don't know if I can kind of maintain three titles, at the same time, um, so that that's my big thing right now.
0: Yeah, and that kind of br- that brings me to what I think is the weakest um, uh, for me of the three, which is Age of Conan, which is right now uh, focusing on the character of Belit or Belit I've never known how to pronounce that, but B E L I T. And there's usually in a, like an accent over the I. So I always
1: uh, thought it was Belit but That Belit, was, that, yeah, that makes that's we'll how go with that's that. how I've heard other people say it too, so what else? Okay,
0: we'll go with that, Balit. So, and she's obviously a long standing character, dates way back to the original Conan series, uh, and, and a really good character that I really enjoyed in the original, and so what they're doing in this age of Conan is kind of telling her backstory, and I, I like the character a lot, and I, I like that they're trying to establish a strong female character within the Conan universe in the, in the current issues, but for whatever reason the, I think maybe the storyline itself has felt a little haphazard to me uh, with her kind of taking over her father's like pirate legacy and and trying to establish herself. although there are sea monsters in it, which which is always a big plus. I enjoy sea monsters. So so I do like that part of it. and I'm gonna keep going with it a little bit and I'm not sure how far it'll go before it maybe I'm wondering if it'll switch. To other of, of his, you know, Conan's well, kind of side characters. It's only
1: supposed to be a one of five. So is it five? Okay. okay. Yeah, it's only one of five. So I think what it suffers from is because she's not Conan, you spent way too much time with her backstory. So I've got. So I was going to tell you about this at some point during the show too, when we were talking about uh, Conan. Um, I. I came across a, a Facebook post from a buddy of mine from middle school and high school. He does a podcast now kind of about kind of sword and sorcery. So oh, cool. um, obviously Conan being a huge, huge part of that. He actually he met the two guys that he does the podcast with uh, playing the kind of the uh, that online Conan yep, um, yep. survival one. Um, and so the the name of their podcast is uh, "Rogues in the House," uh, which is uh, Robert E. Howard Conan's story. Um, but he talks about how he hates he hates when established characters you have to retell their backstory. Um, and so for fans of sword sorcery, you know Conan, we know who this character is. So you've just wasted basically two issues telling us her backstory, and that's kind of tough
0: yeah and i know companies always have to ride that line between the the old school reader like us and then drawing in new people so i i do get why they do it i just wish it would kind of move at a little bit quicker pace but i i'm not knowing it's only 5 issues for her backstory i'll i'll give it a go because i've read the first two and i haven't i haven't hated them i just feel like they are meandering a little bit and it could, it could be the pace could be quickened. so um that one's been my my most disappointing my favorite however has been savage sword of conan that one to me has really captured the feel of the old conan books and i wanted to get your take on that one
1: yeah i like it as well um it, it is much more it, it's darker i think it's a little bit darker than, yeah
0: absolutely yep yeah, more, more so, gritty
1: yeah it's definitely more gritty um I think that's, but I think that's the tone that they want with this right now. So um, I like that. I I don't know if I like the other characters that they've got in that story right now, but. Yeah, I, that one,
0: that one I think I'm all caught up on. I, I just read four last night and I think, I think that's the most recent one. Are you up to date on that one?
1: Yeah, I'm up to date. I think actually five came out today.
0: Oh, okay, all right, totally. that makes sense. um,
1: yeah, and four it's like
0: classic to me i i love I've always been a big fan of like uh you know the undead and and skeletons and zombies and stuff like that in fantasy and i I love them in d and d and I love them in um you know all, all that type of stuff like uh back in the old days of warhammer fantasy battles, I would play undead army and stuff like that so I always love that so so seeing Conan slashing through skeletons in a tomb you know that to me was like yeah this is this is what I want to see so I did like that but I do agree that they've kind of done a thing that they did even back in the old Marvel days where they would give Conan some traveling companions or allies on a particular quest and they would stick around for a little bit and they were they could be hit or miss and I think that the the female kind of sorcerer is is pretty cool um and then there's another character the Suti. that's um he's kind of got a little bit of a different role to play uh, in what's going on and and i think that hasn't been as strong but um but overall i'm i'm really enjoying savage sword i think that one's uh i think that one's really really strong and feels like really true to the conan the original both the original marvel series and the howard stuff yeah yeah So, all right, well, real quickly. So I picked up Savage Avengers, which has Conan. I was going to ask you about that. I did not. I picked it up. I did not read it. I literally just got it last night, so I didn't get to read it yet. I'm very curious as to how that's going to work. But the early buzz I've heard is like that's the most Conan of any of the new Conan, like how he's presented. So, So I'm curious about that. I also picked up Age of Rebellion Han Solo number one. Uh, which I didn't get to, but I'll, I'll check in on those next month. I'm pretty much caught up on Star Wars, and I finished Vader, which I really, really enjoyed. So um, that's really about it for me for new books. So I'll, I'll hand it off to you now.
1: Yeah, so obviously, you know, I've been doing some of the same with the the kind of the three uh, Conan titles. Yeah. Um, one other one that i um staying in, in the in the mainstream uh, to start. So uh, they've redone or they've re- relaunched Invaders. Uh, so Captain America, uh, Namor, and the Winter Soldier. And it's really interesting because it's tying back into the old kind of Invaders stories when they were kind of fighting the Nazis and stuff. But it's now it's present day. Namor's is not necessarily part of the group. So it's, you know, so it's Winter Soldier and Captain America. There's a lot of detective story to it almost where they're they're trying to figure something out. Um, and, and then it's punctuated by kind of fighting uh, here and there. And it also has the the torch Um uh, the, well, the Human Torch. So the so not Johnny not Johnny Storm, but the, the kind of the original incarnation of uh, the Human Torch. So um, that's also super interesting as well um, because we haven't. I don't know that how much he's been in comics lately as well. So I've definitely been enjoying enjoying that. Um, also within the Marvel universe, they're they're doing this whole kind of Age of X Men. Uh, series. Um, And again, I don't know the exact lead-up to it, but there's an event um, with Hope Summers, and the world is basically reset, and everybody now appears to be a mutant. Uh, Oh, wow. Okay. So everybody's a mutant, but you're not allowed to have emotional entanglements. You, You can't fall in love. And people that basically don't fall in line are put in basically a, a, a prison. Um, and the way they're telling the story is they have age of X-Men next gen. So it's all these younger mutants that are in like a high school boarding school type environment um, and how they're struggling with what's, you know, what is their role in the future? How does, how do they fit in? Why do they seem to remember things differently? Why can't they remember anything previous to a certain date then you have age of men extremists so those the extremists are the ones that are actually basically the police force but it's crazy because who it is is it's it's Psylocke it's Iceman but it's also the blob and like the blob is the head of that group like and it's really weird because he's a very kind of like likable character and he's flawed um, then you have prisoners so these are people that are in that prison so you've got uh bishop you've got beast uh, and a couple other characters in there as well um uh, x-23 but she has a real name i can't remember and then the last one they have is apocalypse in the extracts so apocalypse is basically the dissident he's saying there's nothing wrong with falling in love like these people are keeping you down but it's the apocalypse character. But he's like, he's very like, not hippy dippy. But he's he's more like, you know, we don't. You guys are being kept down. Like this isn't. There's something wrong here. So it's really interesting. So they tie into each other, but they're all their own separate story. Um, I'll write it for a little while only because I I think it's kind of interesting. I think apocalypse and the extracts is the weakest of them. Um, the Prisoner X is really interesting because the Beast is basically he's in jail, um, and it's it's a very interesting take on him. And then the um, the next gen one is cool because it's all like teenager kind of X Men in like like thinking back to the days of what you might have thought Xavier's Academy would have been like.
0: Right, right. Well, that's cool. I yeah. I like with X Men that they they do shake things up from time to time, and and they really seem to take chances with stories and things like that and they some have been you know huge hits like Age of Apocalypse was something way back you know that I that I really enjoyed and some of the other things and I know some of the other stuff maybe didn't hit as hard like like House of M and things like that but uh but they do always seem to be willing to take chances and and kind of move the status quo when it comes to the X-Men stuff so I do applaud them for that
1: yeah so um and then Another kind of mainstream one, um, I don't know if I talked about this already. It's already on its second issue. It is it is awesome. Um, it's probably one of my new favorites. It's uh, Spider-Man Life Story. No, I don't think you mentioned oh, that one. Oh. So basically, if you think about it, Spider-Man's been out since 1962, right? So what they're doing is they're going back to 1962, and they're telling the story of Spider-Man – As he progresses through history so how does that interact with what was happening in the world in the real time so the tagline 1962 an amazing fantasy 15 15 year old Peter Parker was bitten by a radioactive spider 57 years have passed so the idea here is like this is spider-man in 1962 so what happens when his buddy flash Thompson is Uh, drafted for Vietnam like what is Spider-Man's role in like responding to what is happening culturally so they're able to take that character we know he existed back then how how would he have kind of interpreted those things and it is it is super fun Um, they are longer issues too I want to say I just want to trying to see how many pages if it says how many pages it is now um but they're on it's a limited run they're on two of six so they did spider-man life story the 60s and then it just did the 70s um but they're they're tying in like the first one it's all kind of green goblin this you know stuff um and now uh and now it's the 1970s so like the next one you know it's it's fun it's super super fun
0: that sounds really neat. That's very cool. It's funny. I need a quick aside here. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, You're you mentioning the uh, that it felt like a longer book, like page count. And in reading through some of those old Conans that I picked up, uh, I'm always amazed at how much actual content was in those older comic books. You know what I mean? You got way more story in there. And that also reminded me that I forgot to mention that two of the issues that I picked up. These are the two. Earliest issues now of Conan that I own, um, and uh, it's cool because they're from, like, 1970, which is awesome because it's – even though, obviously, things have been around longer than we've been alive, it's always fascinating to me to own something and hold something in my hand that's been around since longer than I've been alive and and wonder, you know, who's owned it, how many different people, how many times it's been read, all that. Anyway, the two earliest issues I got were 14 and 15 and those are the two those are two I really wanted because those are the two crossover ones with Elric uh the Michael oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah so uh so I picked those up so um anyway sorry that was a quick aside that uh, your mention of the page count made me um <laughs> made me go off on a little mind tangent there yeah they're um,
1: about they're about 10 pages longer so if you think of an average comic being 20 that's you know that's 50 percent more comic. so yeah. it was 32 pages uh, the first one so um yeah, like I said, it's it's super fun um, because I'm not a huge Spider-Man guy. I've never collected any kind of Spider-Man comics. We talked about this a little bit when we read Spider-Man Blue. Like, I'm that's not that's not usually what what I've been into. But this this is really good because you get to kind of see how it fits into. Um, you know everything else that's happening in the world, and they're still ch- staying true to a lot of the the storylines as well. So you're still it's still the same villains who were been fighting at that time, but you're just adding some of the what's happening in the real world at the same time. That sounds really cool. Yeah, I, I like that. And that's again, that's a I, I love it when they take a
0: character that has obviously a long history and try something fresh, and it sounds like that's a, a one that's succeeding really well. So that that sounds interesting to me. I, I like that type of story, and I, I do like Spider-Man, so uh, I should check that
1: one out. Yeah, and it's interesting, too, because they have made some changes, like in the beginning of the second issue, it's um, it's Peter working in a lab with um, uh, Reed Richards and Doc Ock, because basically Doc Ock, because Peter did something, so Doc Ock's not bad um and if you think about it out of all the characters doc ock would have been a pretty easy one to uh, and they even mentioned hot why he's not bad but um yeah it's it's really interesting and it talks a little bit about what the avengers are doing in vietnam um because like tony stark's iron man bodyguard um is fighting alongside u.s soldiers but captain america is basically Trying to stop conflict wherever it is. So he'll fight the Viet Cong, he'll fight the American soldiers, but he just doesn't want, he doesn't think there should be war there at all. Gotcha. Uh, I would be like, I would be willing to pay money for the Captain America and Vietnam story. Like, you know. Yeah, that, that, that would be joined. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So. Of course,
0: he was frozen then. so
1: Well, I, but that's a whole lot. I know that's, but that. Again, they were able to kind of redo this timeline yeah, like, yeah. because again, all these things ha- like would have been happening when those comics were coming out, but comics didn't necessarily always address them. Um, so I right. love that they're that they're doing that. Um, um, let's see. Oh, oh,, did you look at star Star Wars Vader Dark Visions at all?
0: I saw that it had come out. I didn't. I haven't picked it up or, or really looked very much into
1: it. It's um, it's super, super interesting. Um, basically, it's what happens when like ordinary people have to interact with Darth Vader, like or people in the. So it's it's not told from Vader's standpoint. Vader's just a character in their story, um, and there's there's like. There's three so far, and they're both. The, all three are very different from each other, but they're also very Vader.
0: <laughs> okay, that's cool. Yeah, huh?
1: Uh, and then what was the other? One? What, I've been reading some other stuff too. Oh, I tried War Realms, can't do. Didn't like it. Um, so War Realms basically um, the that's Marvel, right? That's Marvel. It's. Um, it's basically so there are seven realms, right? So you've got Asgard, Midgard, but basically what's happening is the trolls, the kind of um, whatever the the ones from the underworld there, the dark elves. Um, they're all they've all decided to bring kind of the battle of the realms to Midgard, you know, uh, to Earth and um, and the fights that are taking place in there this is when i always have trouble with marvel when it gets to like well now it's you know now it is literally daredevil fighting against gods like yeah I just don't I, it's that whole balance thing sometimes and um, that
0: that happens too because uh for listeners that um you know, that are also into role-playing games and stuff like that. Andy and I play a lot of RBGs together, D&D, and, and stuff like that. And we've we've tried comic book ones off and on and different systems and things like that. And that's that's always the thing that you run into with comic book role-playing games is that it's, it's so hard to – you either kind of have to say, okay, everybody needs to build like a street-level Batman, Green Arrow type of character, you know, low-level powers, a little more – grounded in reality or you have to say okay it's over the top everybody's superman wonder woman because you get one superman on a team full of you know daredevil and <laughs> and moon knight and the ground level guys and it it really throws it off
1: yeah and it's it's and again it's there's nothing necessarily wrong with it it just doesn't um it doesn't work so
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: Um, last one I'm going to mention just because I, I do typically like most things, uh, that Mark Miller does. Um, he's doing one called Prodigy. Um, it's, um, I like it. Um, it's got kind of, um, intergalactic conspiracy. Um, and the, the other thing I'm, I'm liking more and more is the, characters in comic books aren't always white dudes oh um, yes yeah. and i'm i enjoy that more and more i don't I, you know i, I get i, I kind of get bored with well that's back to ian's last comment the superman characters all the time like that i i get i get bored by that eventually um so i need I need characters that are different genders, different uh races and ethnicities. Um so I'm I'm looking forward to to that. I I also like uh Mark Miller's writing as well. Um so I'm having a fun time with that. He's just it's basically he has his character that is like a super smart, super athletic kind of badass guy. He's 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 almost meta human, but he's not doing anything that a human couldn't do. That if a, a human kind of had his full potential, is basically where it is. Gotcha, gotcha. Like yeah. peak performance type. Yeah, he's like a renaissance man, like because he does everything. Like you know, he can do everything all at once. So I'm enjoying that quite a bit. Um, and I got a few others in there, but those are those are the more mainstream ones, and then the ones I like the most. The other one I'll give a quick shout out to is uh, Bad Luck Chuck. Um, it's a very interesting story. Um, basically Charlene, Chuck Manchester, um, hires out her own bad luck. So you need a laundromat, um, burned down for the insurance money. She'll just go hang out there for an hour and (laughs) like, it'll, it'll burn down. But it's, then it's this confluence of things that start to happen. Um, you know, so there's, you know, there's an, you know, a, an insurance agent that's like tracking her down. Like how is she always at these places? You know, there's a cult involved somewhere too. So, but I just like the idea that she literally just went to a laundromat and like hung out, started to do laundry, and the place burned to the ground around her.
0: <laughs> That's great. That sounds. Who who uh, who puts that one out?
1: That's Dark Horse Comics. Um, it's also uh, the the writer is uh, Leia Gwen, who I don't really know. Um, I but again. A lot of times, I pick things up based on their their titles, and I just take a look at them real quick. I do have a tendency to stick with still the major labels: Image, Boom, Dark Horse, Marvel, DC. Um, there are some others out there, but I think what starts to happen then is you can still get great writing, but you lose the artists. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I, for me, a comic has to have good art. Still, like. You need the writing, but you can have a book like at that point, if it's just writing, go write a book instead. Like, you right. know, like yeah, I need, I need decent art for it. Uh, and I think that's one of the things that happens with the true independence is you start to sometimes lose the art for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That made me think of another, I had another brain tangent. I'm listening to you, I promise, but my, I don't know, my, it's fine. my brain I don't goes off to talk on about. these. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Dark Horse, I was just thinking about their, like, in the 90s when they did their World's Greatest Comics, where they kind of had their own uh, comic universe and, and did a bunch of um, different uh, characters and, and teams and things like that. Maybe sometime we should, once in a while, maybe use the Somebody's segment and take a look at, like, uh, a chunk of books, you know what I mean? Like, take a look at Dark Horse's um the, the world's greatest comics when they did that would like, uh, you know, cause they had, that's where like barbed wire came from and, and other stuff like that. And, or like milestone would be a great one to look at with, with all the stuff that they had. So yeah, that just maybe something to think about for down the road that we could do and the, somebody's to shake that up a little is to maybe kind of look at, at like attempted or, you know, short lived. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. No, I, I would, I would definitely do something like that. Um, and again, those are some that I'm not always familiar with because you know, when I would go and buy comics, it would it would basically be whatever was there, kind of in the you know in the grocery store or the you know wherever it was. I wasn't necessarily going to comic book stores, so I don't I don't always have as much exposure to some of those.
0: Gotcha. Okay, cool. All right, we uh, we closing out the poll list then.
1: I think th- I think that's a that's a good place to uh, to pause. Yeah. All right, moving on.
2: GameMat.eu creates mats to game on. Bring your games to life and conquer the mightiest cities or discover long lost realms. Each battle mat is made from the finest rubber-based mousepad material. So you can simply change your tabletop into a battlefield in no time. You can get your mat in a variety of sizes. Plus you have your choice of resin terrain to add to your mat. Game on with GameMat.eu.
1: It is entitled, Run de Manto, roughly translated, Book of the Dead. The book is bound in human flesh
0: and inked in human blood. Alright, welcome into Read This, where we take a trade paperback, or a collection of stories, or a one-shot, something like that, and we highlight it and ask you to read along with us, and then we discuss. And last time out, it was Andy's pick, and he selected Black Panther, Who is Black Panther?, and since it was Andy's pick and one, I
1: had read it, but I didn't really remember much of it, but uh, I'll let uh, Andy kind of kick that off. Yeah, so this was one I think that uh, I wanted to do because I think we picked it back in kinda, I think it was February. <laughs> yeah, the tail end uh, the tail end of uh, February um, basically was a kind of an origin story for for black panther um but then also brought it up into kind of the modern times as well um and it had kind of the classic black panther villain with claw in it um it was kind of a a different take it has so it's 2010 it has a definite kind of 2000 and like early 2000s mid 2000s feel to some of what's what's on here but is it when it was 2010 am i getting that date right does it seem like yeah. it should be earlier? Oh no, <laughs> two thousand five. Sorry. So I think the digital version came out in two thousand. Yeah, I was, so, was yeah, going to say. I, I early... remember
0: reading it way back. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the... it
1: has an early two thousands uh, feel to it. But again, I I wanted a kind of a good origin story, and it's um it's one of those origin stories that you can tell was used um, in writing the the first of the Black Panther movies too. Um, it has you definitely kind of get that 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 vibe that influence from this as well. Um, yeah. So that was, that was kind of where I, where I wanted to start. I, and again, I really, I really enjoy the character. Um, I like seeing them. They also introduced some characters that I didn't typically, I didn't expect to see. Um, was it the, um, uh, Oh, the, the night with Pegasus there. Um, uh, Oh, uh, uh,
0: black, black knight. black knight. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, yeah, so I again, I thought it was a, I thought it was a great storyline, a great kind of, you know, who, introducing Black Panther to you if you didn't know know who he was, um, and then again the the cast of villains that they used for this too, um, so you got Black Knight, you got Rhino, um, isn't it a is ba- is it, uh, is it that's in it too? Um, Bat Batroc the, Bat- yeah, B- the Leaper. yeah, Batroc the Leaper, yeah, so. Um, it's a it's a very interesting kind of cast of characters that they uh, that he's fighting against, but they do a great job with, in my opinion, kind of showing the the high technology of um, of Black Panther. But they also do a good job of showing kind of how Black Panther, or Wakanda, is more than Black Panther. I guess is what I want to say. Like, right, so right. very early on, there's there are other. People in in Wakanda, whether it be his family or just kind of the the Wakandan army itself, that um, that help to influence um, what's happening.
0: Yeah, I uh, I definitely agree, and it it's funny because sometimes when we do the. When we pick to read this, uh, I'll either it, it's usually one or the other. There's not usually an in between for me. I'll either read it right away, or I'll wait until right before we record and I'll read it. And this was one that I read right away. And so for whatever reason, it's a lot of it has slipped my mind.
1: Already. Well, I've got it up right now. I had to too because it's been it's been two months since I looked at it. So yeah, and maybe it's because I'm back.
0: absorbing I'm absorbing so much Conan right now. But um, but I do definitely remember there were a couple things that stuck out. Uh, first, I I like the artwork a lot um it was
1: um so oh it was uh it was John Romita right yeah Romita yeah
0: um which explains why I like it I, I like Romita uh I like the artwork a lot I liked the story and, and as you said I, you could definitely see I was like oh yeah the Black Panther film totally pulled from this for for this or this aesthetic or this type of this little nod here so they definitely did a lot with it there um i and overall i liked it but there were a couple things and there was one thing early and i wish i could remember what the it was on one of the first few pages it was like an anachronistic because it was set back in time it had like english you know um soldiers coming into wakanda and uh there was there was an anachronistic saying or something like that and it it bothered me because it those things bring me out of the kind of pull me out of the story a little bit I, i
1: I should have written uh, it down. Oh, uh, here yeah, me- I'll I'll try to find it for us real quick. But anyway,
0: just it's a minor complaint. But those things, like it's a phrase or something that I'm like, I don't think they would have said that back then. So, um, so there are things like that that will occasionally pull me out. But over, overall, I did I did really enjoy it, and uh, like you said, had a good good supporting cast of characters. I didn't remember that there were all those others that they had thrown in there so i did like that because i like there's a lot of characters that are that are underused um that they
1: threw in stay cool is that it (laughs) It was probably that it was probably yeah so basically they have a a rival tribe uh sneaking trying to sneak up on the wakandans um and this is yeah it's right this is kind of Right as the Wakandans are starting to kind of get a technological edge on people, Um, and so you're following one of the soldiers, kind of the invading soldiers, and he says, "Stay cool, stay cool," (laughs) as they're like sneaking through the grass. Yeah.
0: Yes, and again, not a not a major thing. Didn't ruin (laughs) right, right, right. Those things, those things always take me out of the story a little bit. But um, yeah, a little bit.
1: I don't think I noticed that at first. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But but again yeah overall I really I really enjoyed it and uh, I just I'm with you I I like the character a lot I've always really liked that character uh, I'm really happy that he's become so much more well known thanks to the success of the movie and his um, you know his his appearances in the Avengers movies and they've really done a nice job with um, like just bringing that whole. You know, Wakanda, and his, his his sister, and his mother, and and just the whole um, that whole um, you know that that whole part of the Marvel Comics universe is. Uh, now very much known in the mainstream which i think is super cool cuz that uh, 20 years ago you you never would have expected that your average everyday moviegoer would know what you know what wakanda was or <laughs> things like that so so that we've gotten to this point i think is great cuz he, he's such a good character and they've done such a good job with him in film and it's i think it's allowed them to do a lot more with him in print as well so so yeah and this was i think this was a, a good a, start to him you know you, 2005 this came out to start to to setting the stage for Black Panther to be more mainstream so I, th- I think that's great
1: yeah um and I think if you if you liked the Black Panther uh, movie this is a easy one to go back and read um because you're gonna get kind of where they're going um you'll get a little more story than you did uh, in the movie, um, you'll get, uh, they even drop, you know, um, Captain America in there for a second as well to kind of show you, um, you know, how, because they start to bring in like the U S government doesn't like the idea of this African nation that may be richer and more technologically advanced than them. Um, and, you know, somebody tries to tell them, well, you know, we, we did send Captain America in there in the forties and, um, he basically got his ass kicked. So <laughs> right. sure about this? Um, and I like that. And it's it's just subtle. It's and it it is it's that idea that, hey, here's these, you know, um, this this entire culture that exists all on its own, that doesn't need kind of any other um, kind of European culture. And it's not just one guy, it is their whole culture that allows right. them to survive. There is the Panther that protects them. But they survive because of their their culture. Um and I and I like that quite a bit. Um and then it's just all the other characters that are in that are um you know in in the story. I forget who's that shapeshifting lady too? Um oh, it's not even a lady. She basically um
0: Oh god, I can't remember. Oh Someone, yeah. Someone Yeah, I I know. I can't think of the name either. You're right. Yeah, Um, yeah. it's too long. (laughs) Sad, sad that I it kind of sapped out of my brain already just a few months ago. But um, yeah, that's where we're at.
1: Yeah. Oh well.
0: (laughs) All right. Cool. Anything else you want to say about uh, Black Panther? Who is Black Panther?
1: No. And again, it's like I said, it's a it's a great it's an easy collection. It's it's you know it's one of those ones where. you you can kind of see the bad you get to see the bad guys plan you get to see kind of all the other moving pieces together um yeah i think it's a great i think it's a great read it is yeah and i I
0: think you make a good point it's a good entry level one for someone that maybe doesn't read comics but likes black panther wants to check that out i think i think that you're right it's an easy kind of dip into the waters there so yeah Awesome. All right. well it is my pick for next month, and I decided to go with something. This one's on Comixology Unlimited, Uh, so if you have that you can pick it up and read it as part of that subscription. And this was something I did not read when it came out, but thanks to a Netflix show that I know a lot of people really enjoyed, I decided I would like to go back and read it before I check out the Netflix show, so we're going to go with Umbrella Academy, Volume 1,
1: Apocalypse Suite. I just read it. Oh you did? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I read it like I yeah, I read it since between our last recording and now. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's perfect. That- no no okay. no, that's perfect. No, I'd okay. love to talk about it. It is yeah, it's different. I don't because I don't I didn't know anything about it either, which is I watched it thinking that I might watch the show and I'm just like, Wow, this is very, very different.
0: Yeah, so I'm looking forward to checking it out. Uh, created by Gerard Way uh, from the band My Chemical Romance, and uh, again, I, I remember it had a little bit of buzz when it came out, but it was one of those that kind of went, uh, kind of flew by, and I didn't, I didn't get a chance to read it so now that the show is on Netflix and uh, uh, my wife and younger son watched it and really enjoyed it and so I I think I'd like to check it out too but I I do like to check out the source material first if I can to make a comparison so I thought it'd be fun to read that so yeah for next month if you guys want to read along with us we're going to check out Umbrella Academy Volume 1 and that is available on Comixology Unlimited or if you want to pick up the um, uh, trade paperback it's the first six issues and I'm sure your local comic book store will have that or can order it for you. So that'll be next month. In read this.
1: Perfect. Mm,
2: another day, another slip of gold-pressed latinum. I suppose it could be worse. Damn, it's worse. Red alert. Shields. Why can't it just be a cup of coffee just once?
1: We have you surrounded, Captain. There's no place to go.
2: We can't go on a geek nation tour. There's adventure, scenery, companions.
1: I could stand a bit of a getaway.
2: So many phasers, so little fun. Instead, relax and get away on a Geek Nation tour.
1: And please don't make the super suit green. Or animated. All
0: Alright, and we have moved into the Somebody's segment. And we teased it earlier in the show. But now to make it official, we are going to talk about Mysterio this time out one of my all-time favorite spider-man bad guys and I know Batman and spider-man are probably the two rogues galleries that are that are most often uh, held up as as the the best and I, I have to agree I, I love both the the Batman um, list of villains and, and the spider-man one as well and mysterio has always been one that I've really really liked he's got such an iconic appearance that uh, You know, it's very much of its time. Like, it it looks like a '60s designed. um, His costume and everything definitely comes out of the '60s. But I've always loved that aesthetic and just the look. And and I think he's a neat character too. So, uh, how much? I know you're not a huge Spider-Man guy, but how much did you know about Mysterio?
1: I knew. I knew mostly about him through the um, the old Spider-Man cartoon. Um, so not the sixties one, but like the Spider-Man and His amazing friends, uh, and a little bit of Spider-Man, the animated series. Um, cause he was, he was in there, uh, a little bit. Um, uh, yeah, Spider-Man, the animated series. That's the one. I think I remember him from the most. But where I know him best from is actually from Old Man Logan.
0: I was going to ask you about that because I, I saw I was going through his Wikipedia and I haven't read Old Man Logan, but I know you really enjoyed it and I saw that he was part of that. So I was like, oh, okay, good. Andy will have some some interesting insight on that.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. well, and it's and it's basically just, it's, there's not a whole lot, but he is again, spoilers, but Old Man Logan's been out for long enough, but the whole premise of Old Man Logan is that all the superheroes, all the X-Men particularly, are dead. Um, and the reason they're dead is, Lo- is because Wolverine killed them. And the reason Wolverine killed them is Mysterio basically is able to kind of cast one of those illusions to, or create an illusion where he basically makes each of the X-Men look like a, a villain and Wolverine – kind of goes berserk and, and attacks him and kills them all. Um, and then Mysterio kind of reveals, you know, who he, who he was. Yeah,
0: the, the, I read through the synopsis and I was like, that sounds really cool. <laughs> I think that's really neat. Um, so just going back to the origins of the character, uh, he first appeared in Amazing Spider-Man issue 13. That was in June of 1964, created by the uh, dynamic duo Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. And uh, it's Quentin Beck, who was a, a Hollywood special effects guy, had kind of a failed acting career, and decided he could use his special effects talents to uh, become a supervillain. And obviously ran afoul of Spider Man. And um, so, so I'm wondering because he's going to be used in in Spider Man Far From Home, the new movie, and he's played by Jake Gyllenhaal. It you know I'm wondering, and they're making it look in the in the early teaser trailer and the regular trailer that Mysterio is a good guy so but I but I'm wondering if it's one of those things where maybe he does start as a good guy and then goes bad or if it's a if it's a trick right from the start and again I'm you know hopefully not spoiling anything for the movie this is me just kind of guessing because I don't necessarily know what they're going to do but all of those like constructs and stuff that we see Mysterio fighting in the trailers, like the, there's like a big water monster and stuff like that. I'm wondering if he's creating those to make it look like he's a huge hero. And, and that's kind of the, you know, what's going on in there. So I'll be really interested to see what they do with him in the movie. But I am so happy with the design of the of his costume in the movie. It, they went very close to the comics and I think it looks fantastic. And I'm, I'm really excited about that.
1: We haven't seen the helmet yet, though, have we? Yeah, the helmet's in the new trailer. Okay, maybe I just missed it. Yeah. It's
0: quick. It is quick. Yeah. yeah. But he's definitely got the fishbowl helmet. So, um, yeah, I just, uh, I, I really, I really love that they just went for it and that we've reached that point in the comic book movies where they don't have to. You know, go go a different route. Like I like I like the first Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie. I think it's a good Spider-Man movie, but I hate that Green Goblin like exo suit. I just I just hate it. And I know maybe they couldn't have gone with the regular Green Goblin costume, but I, I don't know. I think if you do it right, I think it can look really scary. So I don't like it when they, they alter things for the comics because they want it to look a little more real world. And we've we've gotten to the point now where there've been so many movies and people are people are so used to comic book movies now that they can keep it very close to the comic book costume and, and no one's gonna bat an eye. And right. so I, I like that.
1: No, I um no it looks it looks spot on from what I remember from the the limited times I've seen him in comics, but from some of the the cartoons, um, it looks right on. It, I'm so I'm super interested because again, I know him as a bad guy. Uh, I know him as a guy who kind of creates illusions and kind of. And what, what's always been interesting is he's one of those guys where he doesn't actually have any superpowers. He's just really good at a couple things that he can use to you know he's they they eventually give him the like he's pretty good at hypnotism yeah, but like I a see. lot of it is also creating the other illusions using special effects and stuff like that uh but he's still good in hand in combat so um he is a well-rounded villain in my opinion um and though, although it it looks gimmicky it's it's not it's not overly gimmicky um in my opinion it's not you know it's not one like juggernaut is just like good nothing stops the juggernaut like (laughs) like like like, love the juggernaut don't get me wrong but nothing stops the juggernaut that's that's about all you got there yeah um yeah so it's fun to kind of see a character like this and it'll be really interesting because like like because they tease the idea of the multiverse so is this a mysterio from a world where he's a good guy or it, like you said, is this all illusions? Like you know, because this is a classic Spider-Man villain too.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I I love that they're using him. He's a he's a Sinister Six. Original member, and I, I love the Sinister Six. He's he, and there have been other people that have worn kind of worn the Mysterio mantle over time. But we're mostly talking about Quentin back here, and oh, he's yeah. actually himself had a couple of other aliases, um, uh, Ludwig Reinhardt, um, who was like a uh, a psychiatrist that used his hypnosis and he tried to break Spider Man. He tried to break Aunt May. He tried to break uh, Daredevil too. He's actually had some some uh, some pretty key. Encounters with Daredevil as well. So, um, yeah, just a character that's been around for a long time, but they've used pretty consistently throughout the years and and has because of that has had a lot of different, um, you know, some really cool storylines and things like that. There was an ultimate Marvel uh, version of him who was actually pretty cool as well. Uh, you mentioned the the cartoons. I thought they did a great job with him in the cartoons. The the '90s Spider-Man that you mentioned had um, I think he was in quite a few. Yeah, that's um, why
1: I remember him. Yeah, yeah,
0: and and he he looked really looked really close to the comic book counterpart, and um, and then Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends, which is the one obviously with Iceman and Firestar. That one. The cool thing about that show is obviously there's nostalgia. That was one that when I was a kid, I loved, and. Uh, as an adult, it does not hold up very well. But when I, you know, when my kids were younger, I think it was on Cartoon Network or one of those. They had all of them, and so we got to watch all of them. So watching them again with my kids was a ton of fun. And one of my favorite one was uh, Spidey Goes to Hollywood, where which has uh, Mysterio in it, and um, it's it's the classic spider-man and his amazing friends type of thing there's like a the movie director's name is like sam blockbuster and it's just like you know it's kind of silly over the top stuff but it's also fun to see you know them that they used villains like that in the in that show the spider-man and his amazing friends show so he he has a fun appearance there and um he's been in video games and stuff like that yeah. so yeah he's just and and apparently i didn't know this but apparently, if Sam Raimi's movies had gone on,
1: Bruce, Bruce Campbell.
0: Yes, it was going to be Bruce Campbell that was going to be Mysterio, which that yeah. would have been really cool. So it would have
1: been. So I love Bruce Campbell, but it would have been too campy. Like he's not—he's not a campy actor. Like he's—I get that's what I. I would have had a hard time with Bruce Campbell as the bad guy in that. Yeah, you know? he'd kind of have to tone down the Bruce
0: Campbellness ness of, <laughs>
1: of his. And nobody brother. wants to see Bruce Campbell yeah. tone down the Bruce Campbell. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, no, I, I like that they picked Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, I think he's really talented So uh, for Spider-Man Far From Home. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what they do with him in that. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, anything more to say about Mysterio?
1: No, like I said, I think it's neat that they're bringing him um, into kind of the MCU. Uh, I think it'll be fun, uh, with Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, again, it's one of those things where if he does become a bad guy, could you find? Like, will they finally put the Sinister Six together? Because at this point, you've got, you've seen
0: Vulture and Scorpion are already
1: established, right? Sandman too. Um, Was well, uh, no, they haven't done anything with Sandman yet. Oh, not in the MCU, I guess. Not in the but, MCU, but no. No, but it wouldn't be that big of a stretch to bring him in because we've seen yep. him like so. Yeah. Again, I think that that'd be super fun to have, you know. And based on how well Spider-Man um, did previous and how how he's been received in the in the current MCU, I think you could do a great kind of end cap to the Spider-Man movies having him up against like. A good portion of the sinister six yeah and well and and it just made me think
0: of something too with the with the time jump the five years and the snap and all that peter going back to school does this maybe introduce maybe just in a quick introduction but does this introduce harry osborne right maybe maybe harry's suddenly and you know someone that's his you know they're the same age now because spider-man was gone for five years maybe maybe that introduces harry osborne and and Kind of sets the Green Goblin stuff in motion. So, because I I think I know Green Goblin's been done in the a a couple times in the you know, they did it uh, to some degree in the Andrew Garfield ones as well. But he's such an iconic one and such a big part of the Sinister Six. I think you've got to kind of get him in there. But, but I wouldn't also be surprised if they completely stayed away from it because you know, he has been done before. But, um, right, right. But yeah, so. Anyway, there's a ton going on, and, and I, I really liked Spider-Man: Homecoming, and I'm very excited for Far From Home. So I, I hope it's uh, I hope it's as good.
1: Yeah, I unfortunately haven't seen all of that movie. I think I've seen pieces of it on. Oh ARBs. really? Yeah. Oh, I, you should. You know, it's, it's good, but I don't think it was on Netflix yet. That's part of my problem. Though. Yeah, and that may not, and it may not, because Disney's got their own starting. Yeah, out, so. well, that's fine. I'll buy that Disney whatever it is because there's there'll be enough for me on there forever to watch. So yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: All right. Well, that was us talking about Mysterio. And uh, if you want to get a little bit of a a leg up on on what's to come, maybe in the Spider-Man Far From Home movie, you can check out some of the cool Mysterio uh, appearances from uh, his long history in the Marvel Universe. All right, we have come to the end of another issue. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, one thing I wanted to mention, it, it is the 80th anniversary of Batman this year, and yep. we, we have not forgotten that. We will definitely figure out something cool to do with Batman. Maybe we'll get a, a big Batman fan on. I'll reach out to Kevin Smith. I'll see if we can get Kevin Smith. Nice, 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 that, that might give us a little bump. Yep. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, because we'll definitely...
1: they are they doing a, a Penny, an Alfred TV show?
0: Oh, or did are I they? see something?
1: Really? I Is saw it something about Gotham or something like no, that. No, it's when he's young, it's when he's like oh. a a spy basically. I totally saw something about uh Pennyworth. Uh, Interesting. Where huh. did I see it? Um Oh, now oh. I got to look it up real quick.
0: <laughs> but yeah, we'll we'll figure out something to celebrate uh Batman's 80th anniversary cuz that's a, obviously a huge milestone and Batman probably my favorite comic book character overall if if I had to pick one. So, I've maybe we'll talk about our favorite Batman stories or something like that, but um uh we'll definitely talk about him at some point. Uh nothing in the mailbag this time out, so if you had some questions for us, you want to shoot us an email, or check us out on Facebook, or you can—heck, I'd even take one if you want to follow me on Instagram or, or Twitter. I'm at Ian Clark Comedy. Shoot me a question on there. I don't, I don't mind, and uh, that way we can we can talk about it. We love giving recommendations. We love talking about things that uh, you guys like, and maybe send our way. So yeah, whatever it is you want to talk about, we love to have that discussion with you. We we get a lot of regular listeners that contribute with stuff we'd love to see some new people chiming in we know we know the download numbers for this podcast are really really good and we're super super happy about how many people are downloading hopefully all those people are listening but uh if you're someone that hasn't checked in with us before please do because we, we'd love to hear from you and um like to hear any suggestions you have to make the show better things like that so because uh, we have such a, f- a fun time doing it and talking about comics yeah we do did find it Andy, have- did I- did
1: we I vamp have, long enough for you to find? Oh, oh no, no, because I switched over because I, oh, I wanted okay. to. Re- we do have a Twitter uh, handle too. It's at H M and S B. Um, Is so it the ampersand uh, for? No, it's the full word. A and D.
0: Okay, A-N-D. all right. A-N-D. I always forget that.
1: So. Yeah. All right. 80s, uh, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's also because I don't necessarily do do a whole lot with it all the time. So yeah, I'll leave that one to you. I'll keep handling the Facebook stuff. All right, yeah, yeah. Because you know I'm not getting back on there. <laughs> uh, ah. <Yeah, right. laughs> Those days, although I had, we realized that people were inviting us to stuff and <laughs> because I, I have to keep my personal one going so I can get to the Hero Man and Sidekick Boy and the Nerd Herders stuff. Right. Um, So yeah, so people like have, have invited us to stuff and they're like, oh yeah, we invited you. I was like, oh yeah. So <laughs> now I have to go in every once in a while and look at yeah. it. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, I'll, I'll try and keep you up to date on that. But, perfect. Uh, perfect. All right. Well, we have come to the end of another issue, and uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. And like I said, you know, interact with us. We'd love to hear from you. Um, especially, we we like the long time faithful listeners that that chime in a lot. Those those uh, folks keep us going. But it's also fun to hear from new people. And if you have you know friends that are into comics and you think might like it, please do recommend us. You can go on the uh, go on iTunes and under the Freebooters Network, you can leave a review. And if you want to point out, oh, you know, hey, I really love Hero Man* and *Sidekick Boy*. That's awesome that helps us a ton and uh just spreads the word and and we're super happy with our download numbers but we would love to to grow it even more so if you're able to help us out in that way we appreciate it and we appreciate you listening as always and i appreciate this beautiful spring weather and i appreciate my co-host andy and uh and i Uh, want to thank you
1: i appreciate you two in, and then I, i i'll give one Final quick shout-out for my friend Alex's new Swords and Sorcery podcast, Rogues in the House. Um, they're probably eight eight episodes in. Uh, it's fun. It's, if you like what we were talking about with Conan, you like the Ulrich stuff, you um, I definitely give them a, a listen. There, they know what they're talking about. They're big Robert E. Howard fans as well. So, um, just going to give a quick shout out to those guys. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check that out. So,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah, I will. I will be listening as well. So,
1: Perfect.
0: awesome. All right. Well, thank you, Andy. Thank you, Ian. All right, and thank you, listeners. And we will be back next month. Until then, it's a four color world. We're just living in it. This has been Hero Man and Sidekick Boy, a part of the Freebooters Network. Please check out our Facebook page and head to the Freebooters Forum to engage with us about the current episodes or about things you'd like to hear us talk about. And please check out our sponsor, Geek Nation Tours. Thanks so much for listening.